This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the last calm-ish day before the free agency storm. It is March 12th. Uh, it's also also uh, Academy Award night. Um, I don't know if we'll get to that at all. If you want Academy Awards picks, go to the PFF Printing Press Discord. There'll be plenty in there. We have got a full slate of football to talk about. We're, of course, going to talk about the Bears and Panthers trade up to one. Is CJ Stroud truly a lock? to go number one overall. What other big deals might be happening as well? Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to preview free agency with Brad and Arjun. Let's rock. Brad, no longer do you have to worry about your Bears uh, picking a defensive player at number one overall. Um, obviously, everyone has seen uh, these trade details by now, but just to be clear, the Panthers gave up pick number nine, 61, a 2024 first rounder, 2025 second rounder, and wide receiver DJ Moore. In return, they received the Bears' number one overall pick and immediately. CJ Stroud's uh, odds went from uh, was about plus 250 plus 300 um, and at some point it was like plus 500 now he is a minus 300 favorite to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers so there's a lot to unpack here um, let's start with this Brad um, this deal they gave up a hefty amount um, is it fair to say that they were not the only ones trying to move up to one. What 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 can you tell us about this, uh, how this deal happened? Yeah, uh, I can tell you a couple other teams in the top 10 were at least having some conversations to varying degrees of, of you know, how hard were they pushing to actually get this deal done? Uh, I think another team in the bottom half of the top 10 was the closest or the, or the runner up, so to speak, um, had a similar package with a bunch of early picks and also a veteran pass catcher that, you know, a bit older than DJ Moore. So I think Chicago wanted to go that route. Um, and also you look at Moore, I mean, on a three-year deal for less than 17 and a half million per year remaining, uh, 26 years old or will be in week one next year. And I think the big thing too is everyone keeps looking at him in a vacuum. Is he at number one? What Look, he's a top 20, top 25, whatever receiver. But also the biggest thing about AJ Brown going to Philadelphia that we don't talk about enough is it's also the knockdown effect of now Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are your number two and number three in whatever order they want to be. Like, you know, A.J. Brown made Devontae Smith a better player. And, and so like that, it, that's part of it, too. It's all the context. So I think it's, I think it's a, a fair deal for both sides. Um, but, yes, I, I am ecstatic as a Bears fan. I think I think Ryan Poles did very well. What do we think about um, the, uh, the odds here now? So Arjun, in the... In the Discord, which hopefully everyone is part of right now, if you had um, if you had been in there, you got some pretty darn good odds in terms of C.J. Stroud one overall, as well as um, Panthers to, to end up picking first overall. Um, but do we think that's locked in? He's minus three hundred. Bryce Young is plus three hundred. Anthony Richardson plus four fifty, and then Will Levis is twenty five to one. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I thought even before the trade happened that the Panthers really liked Stroud and going up to one, I thought, you know, Stroud was the pick at that time. Um, you know, the odds reopened at Stroud minus 140. It immediately got bet up to minus 300. Uh, the night of the trade, Stroud was like minus 420 on DraftKings. So it was a huge you know shift in odds. I think it's come back down a little bit. Stroud is now minus 330, about minus 320 on FanDuel DraftKings. Um, so Right now, it does seem like Stroud's, Stroud is the favorite, but there have been some weird reports saying that the Panthers kind of want to move down, recoup some of the picks, that you know Stroud might not be the guy. Uh, there has been reports that it seems like David Tepper really likes Bryce Young, but the coaching staff likes C.J. Stroud. Um, so I don't necessarily think Stroud is a lock. 
Um, I think the odds really like shifting in his favor right as he got traded does signal that maybe he's the favorite, but I don't think it's a lock right now. And I think a lot could change between now and then. And depending on how much Tepper wants to kind of influence the draft, I think we could see uh, maybe Bryce Young go number one overall. I am that, Brad. What up? Say it again. You buying that? So here's the thing. In the same way that I was saying, you know, how Will Levis was a good bet before, I, I think Bryce Young is a decent bet now too. Look, if I had to, if I had to guess right now who is going to go first, I do think it is C.J. Stroud. But maybe this is a way you can just play these markets and just arbitrage and just get value and, and plus three hundred or so odds on every guy. I don't know if I buy the trade down. I think it's a little strange. Uh, I think to to go up to one and like the same night, like hours later, kind of get it out there that you're willing to then move back down potentially. My question is, who do you actually think? It's basically you're, you're talking to Houston, right? Because you're probably not taking hmm. the risk of going to four with Indy because maybe someone trades up to number three with Arizona. And so, you know, if you were comfortable taking – the third or fourth quarterback, you probably would have just traded with Arizona instead of going all the way up to Chicago. So to me, it's essentially saying, hey, Houston, we think we're going to now take your guy who we, re we really like. And the only way you're going to get him is if you give us something. Sure, it won't be a ton. We're not going to get a, a future first out of it. But hey, maybe we get a second round pick or something like that. And we'll go back down to two. Let you get your guy at one. If that is the, the thought process there, which, like I said, is the only thing that makes sense to me. That kind of signals Bryce Young to me. I think Houston is a Bryce Young destination. I think it makes a ton of sense there. I'm not sure they're a great fit for C.J. Stroud for a handful of reasons. Um, and so that's kind of the, the <laughs> gamesmanship I see there. Um, uh, and, and, hey, I mean, you got you to try everything you can. But it's bizarre the, the way it was played out for like an hour after the draft. Like, hey, by the way, though, I know we just moved heaven and earth and we have literally no wide receivers on our roster. But now we're going to move down a little bit you know, right afterwards. That would be unconscionable, in in my opinion, to to make that big of a move and then be willing to move back. Like you've got to feel pretty good about your guy there. And it actually reminds me of the Niners move up to three. And I think this is actually, I mean, obviously this is a bigger move in the sense that they're getting all the way up to one, but similar in, in terms of how far they're moving, right? And the idea being like, we actually haven't made our decision yet. The difference here is that you don't have to worry about anyone else picking any of the other players, right? So, you know, it, here it just seems, it seems absolutely ridiculous that you would move up that far and not know who you wanted. Um, we've talked about this a bunch, but Josh McCown is on uh, record saying that he thinks CJ Stroud is the next Joe Burrow, <laughs> which look, if you think you have the next Joe Burrow at number one overall, then yeah, you are trading up to, to go grab him. Um, the, the thing that you said, uh, I think it was, I can't remember which one said this, but if they end up picking Bryce Young because David Tepper likes Bryce Young and the coaching staff, like CJ Stroud, like punt that entire organization into the sun, um, like the owner walking in and going, you know what? I kind of like this guy. Like what are, what, what is going on here? Um, that, that would be really magical, but for them to trade down, you know, it, theoretically, right. The, so the Cardinals aren't going to move up if the Texans aren't buying that, you know, that they, they want Bryce Young. Maybe the Texans are like, you know, screw it. Like we just don't want to, don't want to give up more. We don't have anybody. Um, they would have to move back to, to four basically. Right. With Indy. And at that point, it's like a Indy doesn't seem to have been very involved in the talk trade talks for number one overall, at least what I heard. It, they were not one of the teams making the bigger pushes. Um, and then if you're Carolina, you're at the risk of someone jumps ahead of, of uh, you know, you to Arizona at three and then you're taking the fourth option. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. just traded a ton and are then getting, you know, I guess you always say like, oh, we like a couple of the guys, but. That would be insane to me. Um, you're not going to get, I don't think, either either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whether that's you know Tepper, who Tepper wants or who the building wants. Neither guy is going to be there at four, in my estimation. So I think it's literally just a conversation with Houston. I guess I'll say it. Look, it's not definitive. It's not, you know, teams work around these things. But I think it's notable that CJ Stroud is repped by the same agent that reps the Sean Watson. Maybe there were some kind of, you know, there are some, some hard feelings there or, or it's not necessarily – you know, indicative of a great future relationship. Again, I don't Hard know feelings. anything to that. Yeah, I don't know anything to that regard. That that could change, but I just that's just that's just what jumped out to me because because the leak makes no sense. Uh, and the last piece on Tepper, which Arjun, I think there's been reports about that too. Like he does seem like he's maybe trying to take his thumb off the scale a little bit compared to the past. 
uh, maybe realizing how bad his thoughts have probably been the last couple of years. If he was pushing to bring in Baker Mayfield and all these quarterbacks that have stunk, um, you know, maybe, maybe that was Matt rule. We don't know, but, but yeah, I just, I, I think they will stay at one. I do think though, I, if you have a CJ Stroud ticket at plus 300 or whatever, like a lot of us do, I would go out there and put some on Bryce Young now and just have both guys at three to one odds to go first overall. Yeah, he's he's three to one right now. Can you uh, is there a market for who picks number one closed at this point? I I don't see it on band. Uh, Arjun, you had that offshore, right? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so that's gone. Um, uh, it was on Bet Online first, and then DraftKings put it up, and then FanDuel put it up, and then weirdly enough, I mean, both DraftKings and FanDuel opened up plus. 400 and plus 300 respectively it got bet down pretty quickly and obviously we signaled it in the discord it went from like plus 450 to plus 370 pretty quick and then i think right before the trade happened uh panthers were like plus 170 and then it just it, the market left so once once the market was closed or didn't show up on Fanduel, i'm like okay something's probably going to happen soon and a couple minutes later the the trade happened. So yeah, uh, market's not up. I think the only markets that you could bet for number one overall are, are just the, the quarterback props or quarterback. Uh, who's yeah. being picked. Yeah. What do we think this does to um, the rest of, of the top 10? Does it, does it increase the chances of um, more trades happening? You know, uh, are there any kind of particular player or team fits that you guys see now, you know, kind of coming into the light, maybe it's Chicago for example, moving down to nine. But what does this do? Um, start with you, Arjun, here. What, what does this do to the rest of the top 10, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's notable that, um, you know, the Panthers weren't the only team in the top 10 that were willing to trade up to one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think Brad said the Colts weren't super involved, so maybe they're not even looking to move up to three. But uh, when it comes to, you know, the quarterbacks being selected, I think someone put out a tweet saying we could see four quarterbacks in the top four go just like, like one, two, three, four, just because some teams are really desperate. And one team I think I would look at are the Las Vegas Raiders where they're sitting at seven, they're behind the Colts, they're behind the Seahawks and Lions. Like if they stay put, they're not getting a quarterback in my opinion. So if they trade up to three, they would be a team that would select the third best quarterback to me. That would probably be uh, Anthony Richardson. And right now they're plus 550 on on DraftKings to select it to be the team that goes uh, that selects Anthony Richardson. So if you think the Raiders are you know continue to be aggressive in getting a quarterback, you know I think putting some money down on uh, plus 550 for them to select Anthony Richardson in the draft uh, would be a, a smart bet there. Well, they they've yeah. got I was real quick, Brad. Like if you put a couple other pieces into that, and that's why I'm gonna kick it to you, like. They were at, they were supposedly in on Rogers. It seems like Rogers is, you know, it's either New York or bust, right? And yep. then you go, okay, Derek Carr's gone. Who, who's like there still? It's like, are you going to bring in Jimmy G? Like, so I guess my question to you, Brad, is like, are the Raiders going to have Jimmy G starting quarterback? Are they tanking with Devontae Adams, or are they going to draft a rookie? And that's where I think it's very interesting because I think Houston and Las Vegas are the only teams left that would be in the Jimmy G sweepstakes. I am of the belief that Jimmy G will be a Texan um, at some point in the near oh. future. Oh, no. Yeah, I have you know, to I buy think, a Jimmy G Texans jersey? You got to get it. To, yeah, Bobby Slowick and, and Jimmy G are two favorite people going to yeah. the Texans. I think you got to you gotta buy in. But, yeah, so, um, no, look, I, I think that is that makes the most sense. For me with Las Vegas, you can't cut Derek Carr and then get – uh, Derek Carr uh, again. Hey. Right? Like you have to. You're right. That was that was insulting Derek Carr. You're right. I agree with you. That's so that's <laughs> so so it's like either go get Rodgers or go get a rookie. So for me, I think they are. They make a ton of sense to go to three. Here's the thing, though. I, I think every team picking from four through seven. So Indy, Seattle, Detroit, and Las Vegas could all go to three. I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams go to three. And the target would probably be Anthony Richardson at that point if it goes Stroud Young or Young, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be at one, two. And then I'll tell you this. Carolina going to one and not going to three, maybe they think that, okay, we just got ahead of Houston for their guy. What if Houston also now says, I know it sounds crazy, but they signed Jimmy G and they actually don't take a quarterback. Maybe they trade to four with, 
you know, the in-division Colts, do they trade to five or six or seven? Like, are they now a trade-down candidate potentially? They want to get Will Anderson or something like that and then punt it once more. They would, in theory, have three first-round picks in 2024, um, still probably pick relatively high, and maybe try to use all that ammo to go up and get a guy. So I think there are more trades coming in this draft in the top 10. I don't know if they'll they'll happen you know, this early, um, but but I, the movement is not done, in my opinion, in this top 10 or in this top five, really. The tank, like the teams that are tank options is, is an interesting one to watch, right? So the you think about like the Seahawks are a good example. They're not a tank option. So this is the highest that they're going to get in a while. Like this fifth pick, I mean, they hit a home run. They traded Russell Wilson, who has turned gone from you know the uh, gleaming, um, fast awesome car into a pumpkin like it clock struck midnight and they recouped a fifth the fifth overall pick you're probably not getting that again you've signed Gino you know he's going to be probably decent um the Colts are on the other side of things we're like if they tank like they could legitimately they could lose every game I mean at the exception that they're in a terrible division but like they could go over and have Caleb Williams um you look at Houston I think that's a great call out right they could lose a ton of games and pick number one overall. Interestingly for Carolina, like they almost won the division last year. <laughs> They're in such a terrible division. Um, Frank Reich is a good enough coach that you're probably not. So I can see that mentality of like, okay, we're going to go up to one overall. I do think it's interesting that they think Stroud is worth going up to one overall for to be perfectly honest with you. Um, the Raiders don't strike me as a team that can tank. Um you know, the Lions are not a tankable team, right? So you, the Lions are similar to the Seahawks in the sense that, like, they got a pick that they didn't really deserve. Are they going to use that? You know, can they use that pick? Um, so it makes sense that there's a, it's kind of still movement to go. What, what do you think, um, Arjun, are the the ways potentially to bet this? Like, is it Raiders Richardson? That's an interest. That's uh, plus 550. Yeah, Raiders Richardson or Lions Richardson, I think – those are the two teams where they have like a really good uh, system in place for a rookie to step in potentially even the lions where they can afford to let this super raw prospect sit a whole year um, and then throw to Amonra Jamison Williams uh, behind one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, and so, yeah, those are the two teams I think would be bettable for me for Anthony Richardson uh, with the Colts. It's like, it's tricky because I think Sykin has done a lot of great work with some of these toolsy quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, where, you know, Anthony Richardson's arm is comparable to Justin Herbert while in terms of it's like arm strength, not accuracy. And then Richardson is comparable to Hurts with his legs. So I could see the Colts doing it, but I think if I had to, I've already put money down on Richardson to the Lions at like plus or at like nine to one. I would consider hedging that a little bit with Raiders uh, plus mm -hmm. 500 plus uh, 700. Um, but yeah, I think those are the two teams who I think would make a move for Richardson, given how good their infrastructure is to support a rookie quarterback. What I see on FanDuel right now, by the way, is uh, Colts. This is team to draft Anthony Richardson. Colts plus 350, Seahawks and Panthers, which is interesting, both plus 450. Really interesting. And then Raiders seven to one, Lions and Ravens are ten to one. Both really, really fascinating. I mean, the the Ravens having the same odds as Lions. And I know that these aren't like the most liquid markets on planet Earth, so not the most scrutinized odds out there. But it's very interesting to see the market think that the Lions and the Ravens are as likely to go pick Anthony Richardson. Uh, am I reading that wrong, Brad? Is there any smoke to that fire? I think it's very possible. I think, like you said, you, you view it in a way as if you're playing with house money when you have a top 10 pick that is not your own and you're telling yourself, we are not going to be picking this high. And like you said, not only are they good, good rosters, good teams, but in the bad NFC conference, I mean, if the Lions lose, um, if the, the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, the Lions might win the, the NFC North two months into the season. So, uh, you know, the Vikings just cutting their entire roster and you know, I guess the Bears are making moves, but they would definitely be the heavy favorite at that point. So, yeah, I, I love that one. I, I think Seattle and Detroit at five and six um, both need that long-term answer. Gino is basically on a one-year or two-year deal. Goff has two years remaining. Um, and Richardson is, is just, you know, that guy that you do probably want to sit for a year, but then the ceiling is is as high as it possibly gets. You're not going to be in the Caleb May or uh, 
Drake may or Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year. Um, I think the Detroit Lions, if I had to pick one in particular, really stick out to me as a very interesting yeah. option. At 10 to 1. I mean, the Ra- the Raiders also make sense. I-, I just don't understand where the Raiders go. Like, to me, it's just, it all, if you took out what they did last year, which was go all in on getting Devontae Adams, they signed Chandler Jones as well. This This roster is not very good. The division is great. Like I would probably just call it a day and, you know, try to try to get a generational quarterback, but maybe you can't do that. You also are hosting the Super Bowl next year and you go, Hey, the Eagles with Jalen hurts made it to the Super Bowl. You know, like, let's just take our shot here and and see if we can get them um, at, at seven to one. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's move on a little bit here. So, the Aaron Rodgers deal, it basically being reported that this is like up to Aaron Rodgers. He chooses to go to the Jets. It's a it's a done deal. Is it as simple as that, Brad, or is it more to it? I think it is is pretty much if Rodgers wants to play in New York, he'll be there. Like it's more down to him. I think the teams of you know, I was saw the report from Palacero, the term is not agreed to, but I think they will be agreed to if Rodgers says, you know, signs off on it. Um, and it's starting to wonder if he does just retire. Yeah, it, it's strange. It is $60 million he can make next year. Um, you know, but and look, for fully guaranteed is not included if you retire. You would not make that money. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's weird how it's dragging out. I guess it shouldn't be that weird because Rogers, you know, has been the focal point of, of coverage for a long time, um, you know, th- this offseason. But I think it gets done. I think it gets done in the next 24 hours still at this point. Uh, the Jets are doing business. The Jets just extended a Q Williams on their team, but it was Quincy Williams, not Quinn and Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking news for the pod. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think it will get done. It's probably a matter of figuring out the contract to a degree uh, more than figuring out the trade compensation. Jets plus 260 right now. Dolphins plus 350. Bills plus 105. That's to win the uh, NFC East. We've talked about the Dolphins. So Jalen Ramsey is now a Dolphin. Um, everyone's putting all these graphics together with Tua and, uh, and the rest of the dolphins. And I can't help, but wonder if like, that's a little premature. There's been a little, um, you know, kind of chatter around like Brady potentially coming back, um, which should be really fascinating, but it seems, it seems here that, you know, obviously the, the markets are pricing in, um, Rogers to the, to the jets, um, does that make you like the Dolphins more? I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I think that the Dolphins still at plus 350. I don't know. Maybe you disagree, Arjun, but it still seems like the right bet in that division. Yeah, I think, well, it's in, I do think it's interesting. The Bills are not even minus money anymore. Um, you know, Josh Allen right now is far and away the best quarterback in that division. Um, I would say he's like a tier above Rodgers, even if Rodgers goes to the Jets. Uh, but again, like Rogers, it could just be one of those things where a new situation, new state of mental health or whatever. Um, and he, he's able to thrive there. He had two of his best seasons with Nathaniel Hackett. And like, I think one thing uh, that maybe isn't talked about, like the Jets offensive line could be really good, assuming Mekhi Becton, you know, comes back to full strength. They'll have at least four like real quality guys with him, Dwayne Brown, like in Tomlinson and Vera Tucker, they're obviously going to lose their center. But when you have a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers who's been in the league for like 15 plus years, who's seen every defense, he doesn't need a center to call out pass protections. Like he can do that on his own. So I don't think, you know, the Jets situation is that bad. And I think they're like, it is a pretty good situation for Rodgers to step into. That being said, I do think the Dolphins would still probably probably be my bet just because you have again elite coaching on both sides of the ball and now Ramsey allows Vic Fangio to kind of be as multiple as he wants to I am very curious to see how much Ramsey plays in the slot this year you know Kader Kahu mm-hmm. who graded out pretty well uh, by our coverage grades was their primary slot corner but if Ramsey does play about 200 300 snaps in the slot this year I wonder you know if that takes Kahu off the field or if that moves him outside I think there's a lot of interesting things that could go on with the Dolphins and I think Vic Fangio is going to have a a great time kind of scheming everything up there's no I don't think there's a reason to believe that Ramsey is like washed in any way shape or form like I think that's the interesting you know kind of component about this is he's still been playing at a really really high level you have Xavier Howard, um, you know, Byron Jones is kind of uh, 
did, never really lived up to what they had hoped, you know, on the other side of uh, Xavier Howard. But you think about those other teams, right? The Bills and the Jets. What are the Bills? What do we talk about the Bills uh, needing for a while? Is another receiver. They have Stefan Dix. The, the, the Dolphins are in a great spot to be like, hey, someone else is going to beat us. Dawson Knox is going to have to turn to Travis Kelsey here for you guys to beat us. Um, hey, Garrett Wilson, great rookie year. Um, someone else is going to beat us here. Braxton Berrios, you're going to have to show up and you know go off in this game. He's cut. <laughs> oh, he is? They cut him? Yeah, yeah. no longer oh, a jet. no. Yeah. Honey Nut Berrios. That's, yeah. You hate to see that. You hate to see um, that. That's my po- back to my point, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Who, who else is going to beat us? Um, so, I, you know, I like that a lot. It, it really does make me wonder, though, you know, is this a sign of confidence in Tua? Is it we're going all in on a rookie, you know, uh, deal quarterback? Or is this signaling that they've got some other move? Because now you could believe in Tua's talent and still be like, we don't know if this guy can survive the season. Like, after what happened, I keep bringing this up. I think it's a real thing. Maybe it's not. But well, um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I found it very interesting. They're, they're, they said they're going to exercise his fifth-year option. Uh, they're the first team for this class to come out and say that, um, you know, it's due in like May. So there's no rush to do that right now. And those are fully guaranteed now. So, I mean, I guess injury guarantees would scare you with Tua anyway. But, but yeah, I think it is a let's just spend as much money as humanly possible around Tua before. And maybe you just still don't pay him. You don't extend him. But you just you say, oh, we have two more years where he's not expensive and hopefully he stays healthy and we'll just do everything we can around it. I think that is a good bet because, I mean, yeah, I guess if the Jets get Rodgers, they're, they're tough. But the Bills really don't have much room to do a lot of things. They extended Matt Milano today, which did clear some cap space. But, again, you're paying more. Um, you're going to lose some important players like Tremaine Evans to free agency. I'm sure he's good as gone at this point, Um, you know, coming off his best year. Like, the, the AFC East, uh, I don't think the odds should be that strong for Buffalo as they are. Uh, I think it is a lot more wide open than, than, it, than it looks on the market. So does this clean – uh, or, or sorry, make it um, hard for a Lamar trade, harder or maybe impossible for uh, a Lamar trade. To Miami specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, realistically, you have to have it somewhere else for Tua to go. Otherwise, you're not going to do it, right? So unless, you're, he, unless he's going back to Baltimore or unless you're sending him somewhere else, you're, you're not going to do it. I, at this point, I don't know. At this point, I'd be kind of surprised if anyone signs Lamar to an offer sheet. I think he's wow. just, yeah, I think he's just stuck. And, and it is it is very interesting. I mean, you mentioned like Carolina moving up that far or, you know, we're talking about Las Vegas, like Vegas and Indy. Like the thing is, it makes sense for both of them. Neither of those teams came out and said we're not in the sweepstakes there, which I think is very interesting. But mm-hmm. neither owner can afford, you know, the, the, the putting the fully guaranteed mm-hmm. money. And that's the thing. Those are two owners that cannot do that. So if Lamar is not going to bend with his home, t- you know, with his drafting team of the Ravens that are a good organization, why would he go against his precedent with, with all due respect, the, the Colts and Raiders? Yeah. And they can wait. You mentioned this, I think on the last uh, episode, they can wait until after the draft. So if they, yep. if you sign him after the draft, then the two first rounders become the upcoming years. So you might say to yourself, well, I don't want to give up, you know, the seventh or eighth or whatever yeah, pick it yeah. is, right? Uh, I'm going to wait. So we we shouldn't expect to see anything before the draft, I guess is what is the takeaway. I think that's a good point. That's a good point. If it is some of these teams that have not come out, you know, Washington, I guess, is picking the middle of the draft. But yeah, like the teams that have not said anything yet, they would all do it, in my estimation, after the draft to keep these, you know, top 10 picks safe. And then in their minds, of course, all right, we're going to give, you know, the 20th pick or worse, you know, the next two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, go to pff.com, check out the free agency grades. Um, they are live every single time that there's a signing, a trade, uh, any transaction that happens over the next how many weeks. Um, Brad and team, Arjun, great group of guys that are going to be in there grading each of these uh, deals from many different perspectives, right? Both on the field fit, uh, draft compensation, uh, team fit as well with some of the other analysts that are that are out there. Um, Deron Payne signed a four-year extension. I think that's uh, recent news, even more recent than than Jalen Ramsey uh, being traded. Um, does that change anything now that he's for sure staying in, in Washington, guys? Is that um, is there something that we can glean from that about where other players might go, or maybe where the draft might uh, might head? Yeah. So I think 
I think the pain deal was is amazing for Jerron Payne. That's a huge deal. That's 25% more in terms of uh, average annual value than what Jonathan Allen got, which is wow. pretty crazy. I'm not sure that the difference is that much, even when accounting for the inflation of the cap. But I think this is going to signal that the interior defense alignment market is going to be booming this this offseason. It's going to start in free agency where we see guys like Javon Hargrave and Draymond Jones get big, big deals. Um, and then, I mean, we talk about Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnen Williams, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, that legendary 2019 class. I mean, they're all going to get probably upwards of $22 million or more. Um, I think the name to watch to me is Draymond Jones. He's coming off his rookie contract. He's much younger than Javon Hargrave. And as one person told me, like, you know, they're, they're expecting him to get at least 18 million. Like they think someone's going to throw a bag at him. And I think, you know, he could fit in, in a variety of schemes. Um, and yeah, I think just because of how Duran's market is, I think he's going to get at least like 18 million on the open market, depending on, and he's probably gone from Denver at this point. By the way, the, the Duran Payne deal, four years, 90 million, 22 and a half uh, average per year, 60 million guaranteed. That was even richer than Brad, your projected uh, contract, but yep. still pretty on the mark uh, on the money there. You had four years, 80 million. That's a 20 uh, mil per year average, 55 guaranteed. So pretty darn close. By the way, you can get all of those um, on the PFF free agency rankings, courtesy of Brad Spielberger. So um, Brad, I, I take it you think uh, along with Arjun, right, that this signals a, a pretty big year. Does this signal, you know, Jalen Carter going higher? Um, does this signal um, other defensive interior players going higher in the draft? I think it's a, it's a great question because it ties in just to the wide receiver situation last offseason where they all got paid and then there was a run on the draft class. And yes, it was a great draft class, but you have teams, you know, the Saints trading up for Chris Olave, the uh, Lions trading up from th what 32nd up to 12th mm -hmm. to take Jameson Williams. Like it wasn't just a run on receivers. It was an all out arms race. So not only do we get to Ron Payne now, we're going to get Quinn and Williams Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons. I think those guys are going to get now, especially with this drawn pain deal, they're going to get 25 million plus dollars per year. I genuinely believe that. So um, I do. I think Carter, again, you know, the legal situation separate, but all the good interior defensive linemen viewed in this class, even a guy like Elijah Cansey, maybe if you thought he was a top 15 pick because he's undersized. He's now maybe a top 10 pick because mm -hmm. there's just so much value in this position. It's going to have a market reset, a long overdue market reset, frankly. I mean, Deron Payne just tied Aaron Donald's extension from 2018. Uh, you know, that was still the number one deal in the market before Donald himself topped it with his raise last year. So, like, in my, in my mind, we still really haven't seen that reset, but we're going to get it this offseason with a lot of deals. And then, as Arjun mentioned, Jeremiah Jones probably going to get 17, 18 plus. And Javon Hargrave is now going to try to get 20 plus um, at this point following that pain extension. So, yes, I think that is an interesting thought on the draft because it's not, I don't think it's viewed as a phenomenal, you know, interior defensive line draft, but depth, I think, is there. But also, those, those premier guys. Like a, you know, like a Jalen Carter and, and a Claudia Cancy and, and whoever, uh, Brian Breesy, I think not, not quite in the caliber, but nevertheless, they could go earlier than we expect. Yeah. Carter's four to one to be first defensive player drafted. Will Anderson minus 200, Tyree Wilson plus 350. You know, obviously the legal, the legal thing seems to be what's, what's holding that back. But if you, I, I guess if the legal thing goes away, right, he's probably minus he's probably minus money favorite. Would you guys agree? Say it again. So if, if the legal thing goes away, so let's say it gets, you know, kind of figured out and I'm not saying that it should be, I'm just saying like, let's assume that happened. Jalen Carter would be a minus money favorite here to go first defense player drafted. I think so. Um, you know, I think Houston is super high on Will Anderson. So it'd be interesting, but I do, I think it would be them too close to even money and then no one else really kind of in the conversation. Yeah. So Houston's high on Will Anderson, but they're taking the QB. I think it can go either way. I think the crazy thing is at this point, maybe they do just, you know, maybe try to trade down a little bit. You know, let's say someone wants to jump up that with them, go to five or six or seven or whatever. Uh, and try to see if you could still land, maybe go to five and see if you could still get Will Anderson. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's possible. Hmm. What do you think about that, Arjun? Yeah, I don't think it's completely out of the question. If they go down to five um, and say Arizona State's put at, at three, I did hear a little bit that they they are very interested in Tyree Wilson at three, even if Will Anderson's still there. So hmm. 
I'm not saying go bet Tyree Wilson, but I, I do think like it is a possibility that Gannon and Austin Ford kind of go with this athletic freak over the production guy. Think about what the Titans drafted or brought in when, you know, in terms of their edge rushers, but Dupree, pretty athletic, Harold Landry, pretty athletic, both of them kind of like speed guys, I would say. Um, Tyree Wilson really is like a just athletic guy, super long arms. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if Wilson even went before Anderson and, you know, you know, teams love betting on upside and you probably, I mean, Will Anderson's probably the best player in this class uh, just in terms of pure, in terms of like just a pure player, but Wilson just might have more upside based on his athletic traits. So yeah, I don't, I definitely don't think it's a lock that Anderson's the first guy taken or even Carter, just because there is a lot of uncertainty with how good Tyree Wilson's athletic profile is. So um, if Texans do go down to five, they could still land Will Anderson. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I seems to me like there might be a little value on Wilson and or Carter at, you know, basically four to one, each of those guys. Um, is there anything, no news has come out on, on Carter's kind of legal stuff, right? Brad, is there, what do we expect? Nothing new. Yeah, nothing new there. So we're just kind of waiting to see the situation. Like you said, though, like if it does stay at just misdemeanors, and again, as always, not trying to downplay the situation, but I mean, this is how we're just trying to reflect what the NFL does. Um, if if it's if there's not a felony, you know, a, um, felony arrest or, or felony whatever conviction or anything like that, like I don't think it's going to kill his stock. I think he'll still be a top ten pick. Okay. All right. We are on the uh, the eve of things happening. So let's make some predictions here. I'm very curious what you guys think um, we're going to see. What are some of the kind of um, crazier things or, or more interesting things that we're going to see? Um, we'll start with you, Brad. What Make some predictions for what we see this week. You're going to be covering it all for us. Um, you'll be on uh, social media. You'll be on the website. Uh, maybe you'll be on TikTok doing some dances. I don't know. Um, after uh, Victor Hoblin came top 10, maybe that is what you'll be doing. Um, but uh, make some predictions for us. Yeah, I'll be in studio. So if the studio has TikTok capabilities, then I'll I'll, I'll be firing them <laughs> Is off. that so, what you need? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I need the good the good lighting for my my TikTok dances. Um, yeah. So you know, I think on the first day, I think we're going to see Tremaine Edmonds, Mike McGlinchey get some huge deals, and Jawan Taylor. I'll throw out some teams for those guys. I think for Edmonds, I think Houston and Chicago are interesting. For McGlinchey, I think a lot of teams that run outside zone, Titans, mm-hmm. Bears, also in that one as well. Um, and then for Juwan Taylor, I think Kansas City is interesting there. Um, obviously, at both tackles now, they're going to hit free agency. Maybe they make a splash there on a, on a good young right tackle. Uh, Draymond Jones, uh, the Denver, Denver Broncos interior defender. And I think another guy who's going to get a monster deal, as Arjun mentioned. Um, I also think maybe the Bears, but could see a handful of teams there as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of spending right away. I don't know why everyone's downplaying this, this, this free agency. There, there's plenty of good players, uh, and I think it's going to be pretty active starting tomorrow at noon. Arjun, what about you? Yeah, I'm curious to see if we get a repeat of the Bengals signing Alex, reporting to signing Alex Kappa situation where the clock hit 12. At 12.01, Adam Schefter uh, tweets out that the Bengals are going to sign Alex Kappa to a three-year deal. So obviously the tampering period begins, the legal tampering period begins at 12. The deals are already probably hammered out ahead of time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I am curious to see when the first deal will happen. But on a more serious note, I, I do think the linebacker market is super intriguing to me. I know we just got the news about the Quincy Williams deal, a three-year, $18 million deal. I mean, I was there were some linebackers I was like I was pretty high on compared to even Brad's projection projections. And I feel like now that like it, we will see some like contracts where last year, you know, we were there's players were like they're only making like three, four million dollars a year. Where this year I think some of the middle mid-tier linebackers could be seeing upwards of seven, eight even like nine million dollars a year. So Pretty curious to see where some of the veteran guys like Bobby Wagner and Eric Hendricks uh, end up. Um, and yeah, just to see like, just based on that Quincy Williams deal, how that affects other deals in the market, even if some of these linebackers are going outside of the teams that drafted them. That deal, real quick, uh, I texted a, a league source in the middle of the show about that deal. I said, did every off-ball linebackers just uh, asking price just go up with this Quincy Williams extension? And he said, that is probably the floor for a lot of them now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you know, he's a solid, good young player, been good opposite CJ Mosley, obviously maybe trying to curry some favor and extending his brother, uh, Quinn Williams. But I, I mean, that is a very strong deal considering how deep the off-ball linebacker market is. Um, only guess or one guess is, 
you know, it's not a good draft class. So, so maybe they all do well. Um, but, but that is, I think it's not Christian Kirk esque, but it's going to be interesting. Gonna how that, yeah. It's not quite that level. Um, but I think it just made a couple, couple deals that were uh handshake agreements. I, I think the hand is being removed from the handshake from the agent side, if I had to guess. Yeah. So like you saw it come through and you go, Oh wait, no, not, not Quinn and Williams, Quincy right. Williams. Um, but maybe what they figured is, look, it's all in the family. So we'll, you know, we'll shovel a little here. That'll help you guys, um, you know, take, take the other deal kindly. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I am very curious to see, you know, what happens in, in the trade market going forward. And we saw Jalen Ramsey um, go from the Rams to the Dolphins. It, it seems more and more that, the NFL is becoming okay with trades. It, it, there were a couple of years there where it was like, oh, we can't, we can't trade. You know, people maybe couldn't quite figure them out. They were reticent to make some deals, but now it seems like it's just, you know, it's a lot easier. So my prediction is just that we see a ton of trades. I think that, um, you know, that there's just so much unknown from a quarterback perspective, so much unknown from a draft perspective. Um, and so because of that, we're going to see a lot of moves happening um, over the course of this week, which I think will make it, really really exciting call your shot on one on one non-quarterback trade just call your shot man so we were talking before the show like who would be some you know interesting players to potentially get traded i mean this would be bananas i don't think this is me calling my shot but like what are the rams doing it, it ain't trying to win a super bowl this year it is not i'll give you one player who said he might retire unless <laughs> They're trying to win a Super Bowl, and that's Aaron Donald. He did say that. So, like, I don't think Aaron Aaron Donald, his offseason program is ridiculous. The dude is insanely – he's maniacal about the way that – he's not just good by by luck, right? Like, the guy's <laughs> the best defensive interior lineman for a reason. He works his ass off. And for a guy to do that on a team that is trading away its best players because – they, they suck, right? They're, they're not going to be a good team. I don't know. I mean, that would be bananas, right? I think that would, you know, that would be really worthy of a this league tweet. Um, so I'll throw that one out there. I think that would be um, super interesting. I'm sure Arjun could probably do a better job of, of identifying some players that are probably more likely to be traded. But that's one that's interesting to me because when there's, you know, with smoke, there's usually a little bit of fire. And um, I don't know, the Rams clearly aren't trying to, to win this year. Nor should they be. True. What about you, Arjun? Yeah, one one, uh, one call your shot. Yeah, I think um, I definitely think we're gonna see one receiver, like bigger name receiver, get traded. I, I've I've been trying to pick in the past couple of minutes between Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, and Cortland Sutton, who was a name that got brought up recently. Hmm. I think Sutton stays in Denver, but I can understand why Sean Payton and Patton or George Patton would want to trade him. You look at Sean Payton's offense, you know, in the later Breeze years, it, it was a lot of Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, um, Ted Ginn. Like, you didn't really have the 6'4", 6'5", jump ball receiver. And I know Cortland Sutton is way more nuanced than just being a jump ball receiver, but you'd have to really go back to, like, Robert Meacham in, like, 2012, to, or maybe even a Marcus Colston a little bit to find mm -hmm. that, like, a, a prototypical uh, Cortland Sutton build. So I'm not sure if he stays in Denver. You know, they've had to – release a lot of guys because of their cap situation and Sutton's, you know, deal in the market isn't like a super high end deal, but I could totally see uh, the Broncos moving on from him. But I think it's, it's probably very likely that Brandon cooks is moved from Houston. And I think he probably doesn't want to go through it, want to have to go through another rookie quarterback and probably should end up in a place where he's, you know, an instant competitor. Yeah. You guys didn't call landing spots. Yeah, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Okay. Where are they let's, going? let's, let's think about this a little bit. I, I mean, and I think Arjun, your point around when you said big name receivers and then mentioned uh, a bunch of guys that I did not think were potentially big name receivers, it bring it bears to mind how much value is out there at the receiver position, right? So the Broncos, for example, could they move Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, right? Both those guys are, our big name players um, that I think a team would be excited about. The guy I thought you were going to mention was T Higgins, who we haven't talked about in a while, um, but uh, who is certainly a big name receiver. Um, man, let me think about this. Maybe Arjun, you've got some better uh, landing spots for those, those three receivers. Um, 
I it's tough because I there's not a lot of like I would have penciled the Bears in as a team that would have traded for a receiver prior to DJ Moore, but obviously I don't think they need one anymore. Um, I could I could maybe see the Patriots making a move for a receiver, bringing bra- bringing back Brandon Cooks, uh, and you know potentially just continuing to build around Mac Jones. Uh, you know Jacoby Myers is probably going to leave in free agency, and I would assume that. Brandon Cooks with like the money that the Patriots would take on would be less than what Myers would cost the Patriots. So yeah, I think I, I just predict uh, Brandon Cooks get traded to the Patriots, even though that feels very on Belichick like he would be buying or actually it would be Belichick like because he's buying yeah. low on a player that had pre- previously been pretty good. So yeah, I'll do Brandon Cooks to the Patriots. Okay, like that. Uh, my initial thought was going to be, look, Aaron Donald probably doesn't want to leave LA. Uh, how do you get him over to the Ooh. Chargers? I'm I'm guessing that's like an impossibility. Is is there any way that they could swing that? I don't think so. <laughs> no way, right? Like <laughs> yeah. no chance. Um so I don't know. I, my you know, you would think that a place with a rookie um you know, quarterback who's playing well, right? Who you could, you know, get on board with potentially getting you to um a Super Bowl would make sense. Um so you think, I mean, you look at a team like maybe the Jaguars um, that that obviously have faith in their rookie deal quarterback in um, Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I mean, could he follow Jalen Ramsey and go to the the Dolphins? Um, I'm guessing they wouldn't want to trade him in, inside the conference if they could help it, even though that might be ridiculous. Um, I don't know if the Eagles could swing something. The Eagles are always an interesting team because they – they just find a way to do these deals and, and recoup a ton of value when teams are giving players away. So I don't know that wasn't one team of those teams that I mentioned, any stick out that could be like more likely than others in your guys' mind. It would be interesting. I mean, if they just lose their entire defense to free agency and then try to just like turn around and, and swing a decently sized move, that'd, that'd be interesting. Um, I mean, that's, that's what they do. That's what, how he does. What would it take to trade for Aaron Donald? Do you think? That's a good question. Still a decent amount, even though he's like 32 and is owed $28.5 million, I think, next year off the top of my head. Um, but, I mean, you just saw Ramsey go for a third and a backup tight end. So mm-hmm. uh, just because the nature of the size of the contract and how you know old he is, I, I don't There's, there's not. A, I don't think at first. I think it's more just if the Rams like don't want to trade him. Um, yeah, he's owed $28.5 million in cash next year, this year. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Aaron Donald to the Eagles would be interesting. There you go. Put it on a graphic. There you go. The, yeah, the social media Ram, love it. Rams fans, Rams fans are going to love me. Um, all right, let's get out of here on this. Uh, bets that we're making, anything that um, we haven't talked about yet uh, that makes sense um, for this upcoming week. We've got some F1 coming back, so that'll be good. Um, and we'll get on board with that. Um, March Madness, obviously, Selection Sunday is today. Um, so we get some, some good stuff there. Um, Brad, Arjun, anything to keep our eye out for? You go, you go first, Arjun, if you got anything. Yeah, um, I would definitely just see, like, just have, like, a idea of, like, teams you're looking to target or something and or, or like, target it in terms of, like, division features or potentially, like, player-to-team, uh, you know, bets that we've been talking about and just see how they attack free agency and then, you know, adjust your kind of, like, list or priors after that. Um, I would definitely say, like, I've been kind of, like, every couple hours just checking FanDuel or DraftKings to see if there's any new draft props that have come out um, and have been sharing those with the Discord. And it's always like a fun time just to like discuss some of those in there. So I think, you know, th- there's not a lot to bet right now. If you haven't bet Division Futures, you're, it's probably lost some of its value, not all of it. You could probably bet some of it after free agency, but lines will probably move a little bit if some teams spend a lot. But yeah, definitely just keeping an eye out for draft props and, you know, team position draft props or draft over-unders. I'm sure those, those are going to come up very soon. So definitely just keeping an eye out for that. And we'll be sending that in the Discord as well. We'll definitely be diving in. Uh, and maybe we'll have some more. The Wednesday before uh, March Madness kicks off, we'll have some more. Uh, one random that jumped out to me, I was watching uh, Selection Sunday and some of the matchups coming out. Uh, Texas A&M looks like minus three and a half against Penn State. Uh, I like Texas A&M in that matchup. The SEC is a powerhouse in basketball now as much as football. Uh, mm-hmm. And Penn State was a bubble team. Not a bubble team. They're probably going to be they're what, they're a 10 seed, I guess, in this matchup against a 7 seed A&M. Um, but uh, I think they're uh, outmanned in, in this one. Yeah, it's um, 
I think that betting, it's so interesting. Betting in, on March Madness is such a crazy thing because like no one knows anything about these teams, I feel like, right? And yet it's such a massive opportunity for, for people to bet on things. Um, so I think there's actually a fair amount of you know opportunity and value because it's just like very, very hard to track um, all of these. Um, I'll just let everyone know my, my Lakers um, <laughs> just unstoppable. I mean, they've been hated on the leaguered, maligned, hated on by Arjun in this very, yes. uh, on this very podcast. <laughs> and I mean, they're just team of destiny. So, you know, do with that what you will. Um, they're minus three tonight against the uh, Knicks. I, I just checked it out. Uh, you actually um, reminded me, George, right now they're plus 110 to miss the playoffs on FanDuel. I'm actually going to go bet that. Because okay. I, I, I will keep fading the Lakers until I lose my mind. <laughs> I'm not funny, but that I appreciate you reminding me. And going back to Brad's point, Brad, are you only, do you only like AM because they destroyed your your doors uh last no, night? No, that's not and, why. How and dare I did you? I was betting uh the Commodores plus six and a half. And once I saw that halftime score, uh I just you know chalked the bet up already. So I mean they won 10 out of eleven. You know, you can't you know, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Lost their best player and and beat Kentucky before that one. But uh yeah, the, the steam ran out against the NM, unfortunately. Hate to see it. Now that we're talking Vanderbilt Commodores yeah, basketball, so that is close. how we know the show is coming to a close. <laughs> um, if you haven't already, go get your PFF uh plus subscription so you can see all of the live. Uh, transaction grades as they happen, trade grades, signing, the whole deal, it will be live on pff.com uh, with your PFF Plus subscription. Use promo code forecast, get yourself a little 20% off um, and go join the Discord. Link is in the description. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter if you need that as well. Brad, safe travels. Going to be in, uh, at PFF HQ live in Cincinnati. Um, enjoy breathing the air, taking in everything that there is uh, to be taken in in Cincinnati. And uh, we'll have a fun week. We'll be back with you guys on Wednesday evening. Peace.